Nat, welcome to the program. Hi, Thanks how for are it. you? I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, making some time to be on JBK on air. We know each other from you being a softball player at the University of Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. We've talked to couple of football players here on the program, but I wanted to uh, talk to you as a softball player. Take me back to the beginning. Like, how did you get involved with softball and what kind of drew you to the sport? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, I know a couple of the guys that you've had on there and they're amazing. They're great. So yes, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I think I've always been involved in sports. Um, you know what I mean? From when I was little. I actually started softball. It was one of my later sports. So I didn't really start playing softball until I was like 12, 13. Okay. Um, so, you know, a lot of girls, you hear them, they grew up and it was, you know, since they were little and this and that. And I know 12 and 13 is still young, but I feel like it's a little bit later than most. But, you know, involved in soccer, swimming, volleyball, basketball, you know what I mean? You name it. Yeah. Um, but I, softball was one that I just really took to. What were the first sports that you were kind of drawn to? Or like you said, it was just kind of a mix of, of things that you tried and softball was the thing that stood out. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I was actually, I loved soccer. So I okay. played soccer. I mean, it was, I think that was probably the first sport and I loved it. I was sad. I thought I was going to go to college <laughs> with soccer. Like all my friends played soccer. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. just, that was me. And then I tried softball when I got to high school, I had to pick between actually volleyball and soccer. Right. Um, and I went with volleyball. Didn't last very long. <laughs> um, okay. Stuck with softball um, and loved it. Yeah. Um, and you can tell me if it's different. I, I don't mean to uh, stigmatize, but did you grow up <laughs> watching uh, baseball at all? What, what was your favorite baseball team growing up? So my dad growing up, he was a huge Cubs fan. So I kind of became a Cubs fan yeah. without a choice. So <laughs> I'm still a Cubs fan. It's been rough, but still a Cubs fan. <laughs> I, and I'm sure you probably had um, a little bit of more love toward the Cubs too. And they had Kyle Schwarber, who's from IU. Yes. Right? Like, yes. Uh, and you originally played softball starting at IU. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yep. So, so yeah. Take me through like being at high school and like the recruiting process I don't even know what that is for softball yeah so I kind of got started like I said I was late you know with the softball portion from the beginning but just the kind of the recruiting process I know um you know and it's kind of changed a little bit you know just as things evolve and you know in sports and everything but just going to a lot of camps at the time that was kind of the big thing I was actually before IU I was actually set you know in my mind I kind of decided I was going to go to Louisville and so I actually went to, we had a team camp. It was for travel. Um, you know, a lot of girls obviously play high school, but then they play travel as well. Um, and so I was already set, you know what I mean? Like right. these girls were, some of them were still trying to decide like a little bit last minute. And, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, I remember specifically telling my dad, I was like, I don't want to go like to this IU thing. And he was like, you know, you're part of the team. You're going to go, right. um, you know? And so I was like, okay, well, that's where kind of everything switched was that team camp, you know, I was in the hitting cages and we were talking and we did a bunch of different, you know, stations and drills. And it was like, a, I think it was like a two day camp type thing, but that's kind of where it all changed. And so going into that and kind of figuring out, you know, what do I want to do school wise? What do I want to do athletic program wise? You know what I mean? Just kind of all right. of the, you know, dis different aspects of it that do, that do come into play because I feel like it's easy to think, 
I want to play for so-and-so, or I want to play for this, you know, top program, which is great. You know what I mean? Everyone does, but there's also the other aspect of it that I feel like can sometimes be overlooked. Yeah. And, um, you know, being at IU and I've talked to football players that had, you know, tryouts at like Ball State or they had some mid-major offer and they kind of described it like being viewed as cattle. Um, being at a division one school, did you feel more like a number or did you actually have a name and were taken care of as, as a person? It, yeah, no. And that's actually, a, I mean, they're not far off. Right. Um, you know, when you go to the big schools, it is easy because it's fast paced, you know, people are coming in and out. You do tend to have, you know, transfers come in, transfers come out. And so it is very easy to get, you know, just caught up in being, you know, one of the numbers. Don't get me wrong. I still have a lot of friends that I played with there, obviously, you know, people I met. Um, It was a a great experience. I wouldn't trade it, you know, for anything, but I spent two years at IU um, and then unfortunately I got hurt there. Um, and then I did transfer to Indy, and I loved it. And it was a very different experience. Um, but I mean, both, both, I think offered UND was much smaller. I remember when I was looking at other schools, you know, I took visits to other D1 schools, other, there are a couple D2 schools, you know, and not getting caught up in the aspect of division. You know what I mean? At the end right. of the day, it's great to, you know, have all the things and have all of this and that, but really, what are you going to take from it after? You know what I mean? But I mean, you having been to UND, you know, kind of the vibe of UND. It's family, very family oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? It's one of those where you could go back five years later and still know people there and still, right. you know, feel that family atmosphere. And that's what I think I really loved. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, you know, I, I thought about going to Ball State and like the, the Letterman School <laughs> to do radio and TV. <laughs> Uh, but I wanted the smaller class sizes. I wanted to be in Indianapolis. I mean, was that, was that Mm -hmm. part of the draw too, was being in a major city, like as great as Bloomington is, it is a college town, uh, being in a place where you can get internships and other opportunities outside of school. That was a big thing for me. Yeah. You always kind of joke, like if you're in Bloomington, it's kind of feels like a bubble, like you're in the bubble, like, um, but yeah, it was definitely I went, you know, to a bigger high school too. So going to, you know, UND, it, it was a similar vibe, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like a uh, scaled from IU, um, but it was definitely, you know, you kind of feel like you're just, there's more to it than just the college town. Right. Right. When you're in, in, Indian, in Indianapolis, excuse me, versus Bloomington. So, you know, and pros and cons to everything, but yeah, I loved it. Honestly, I loved UND. You went to Center Grove too. Um, mm-hmm. And as a Carmel guy, you know, I, I resent that, <laughs> but um, how much of, uh, you know, your family was nearby, uh, how much mm-hmm. of them being able to watch you play? I mean, I, I lived at East Hall, which is across the street from you know, the baseball yes. and softball field, you know, so it was right, right behind me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That, and that was a big thing too. You know, initially coming out of high school, I wanted, you know, when you think about it, you're like, I'm going to go far. I'm going to, you know, right do this and that um but then when it really came time initially that was Louisville I was like okay it's close enough it's far enough where I feel like you know I'm doing my own thing you know whatever you know you have that Mm -hmm. sense of independence initially but it's it real quickly hits you that you're like man I really do want my family here I want them to be able to watch me I want you know all of these things and Louisville was still that but it just ended up not being the right fit I felt like 
And so, you know, them being able to come to Bloomington and, and even closer at UND, I loved that. I loved being able, you know, my friends, family, whoever was able to come, you know, and I know they did as well. Well, and one thing that I love about softball and, and baseball, as a, just as a sport, is that you have to play both sides of, of the mm-hmm. ball, you know, both defensively and offensively. If you could describe yourself, give yourself a player profile, what would be your strengths and weaknesses as a player? You know, maybe, you know, maybe not list the weaknesses, but at least the strengths, <laughs> you know, right. I would definitely say I was more of an offensive player. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I loved, but, but you're absolutely correct. Um, you do. I mean, you have to be able to play both sides of it, but I would definitely give myself more of an offensive player than defense. <laughs> okay. Uh, what positions did you play defensively? Yeah. So um, I was an outfielder growing up. I, it's actually funny when I went to Indianapolis, I had never taken a rep in the infield. I had never oh. in practice, nothing. I was never an infielder. I was always an outfielder. Right. Um, and so when I got there, coach Frost, you know, she was, I played outfield for a little bit. And then she kind of told me, she was like, we were just at practice one day. And she was like, um, you're going to take some reps at first. And I said, <laughs> okay. okay. Like I thought she was joking. Uh-huh. And she, you know, Coach Frost, and it's one of those where she will just say it right. very calmly. Yeah. Um, and she was like, well, you're going to learn today. And it was one of those where you're like, we're rolling with the, okay. I mean, we're rolling with the punches and it, everything yeah. ended up working out and you know what I mean? Picking up on it quickly. But so then I was a, a first baseman. So, yeah. One of my favorite movies is uh, Moneyball and, you know, they, they're trying mm-hmm. to, fit all the pieces together and they need a first baseman and they're like yes you know, who are we going to get to fill that spot <laughs> knowing softball what like if you had someone who's a, a weakness defensively where do you put them so that you can have them as a strength on the offensive side I think it depending who you're playing I right. think it all depends who you know who who is your pitcher what's their strength do they do they have a better, you know, do they like to go in? Do they like to go out? Are you going to put them in right? Are you going to put them in left? You know what I mean? So I think it's all, it all becomes a, a strategy. Do you think that's still yeah. part of the draw of baseball? I mean, a lot of folks in today's day and age aren't drawn to baseball because it's so slow and everything, but there is a lot of strategy of, okay, we can move this piece here. I mean, there's more aspects to it that are maybe more subtle to the, to the more seasoned fan. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, people see it's very, and this is in all sports, but people right. see, you know, the game, they see the, the seven innings or the four quarters or whatever it may be to where, you know, they're, they're thinking, okay, well, they went over three, right? you know, but they don't see, or they went three for three. Great. They did what they're supposed to do. And that's true, but that you don't typically see all the behind the scenes work. You know what I mean? You don't see the everything you know being in the cages every single day you don't see all the reps all of the this all of the that the weight room the practice the you know what I mean everything that goes into it and so I think it is there is so much commitment you know what I mean when it comes to sports Mm -hmm. um that that it you know what I mean it's easy to become that like for that to become who you are you know what I mean because that's your that's everything um and so yeah I think seeing sports and being able to appreciate you know, all the work that, you know, someone has put in behind the scenes, I think is a big draw for it as well. Well, and kind of give me a a point of view here. Like if you're, if you're standing in the box 
And it's, mm-hmm. you know, softball and baseball are both C-ball and hit ball. But what, mm-hmm. what are you trying to look for? Because it's, it's a blink of an eye kind of reaction that you have to have. Absolutely. So it, it, yeah. And it becomes very, I mean, once you step in the box, there is no thinking, right? right? There is right. no, you know, even telling, you know, I work with hitters now who, um, you know, I tell them, I want you to think in practice. I want you to think through it, you know, while we're in the cages. But the minute you step in between the lines, the minute you step in the box, there is no more thinking. It becomes muscle memory. It becomes reaction. Because when you do start thinking, right, when you do start, I have to do this, I have to check this, make sure this, you know what I mean? Then it becomes Mm. very overwhelming. It becomes, you're focused on everything, but what your goal is, see ball, hit ball, right? So um, it, you know, it's, it's easy to do. Uh, it, it was always kind of funny. I had a hitting coach growing up who, you know, and that's where I learned that from. Um, mm-hmm. But he would always tell me like, whatever you have to do to not think like you, you've put in the work, you've, you know what I mean? Taken the reps, you've done everything you're, you are prepared. So I would just have different songs in my head, honestly, like there were All times right. that I was just like thinking of different things just, and that was when I performed best when I was just loose you know what I mean? Stepping in the box, doing what okay. I knew how to do and, and doing my job essentially. So did you have any, since we're talking about music, did you have any uh, pregame rituals? I mean, what, what kind of playlist do you have rocking on a, on a game? We, <laughs> yeah. Our locker room. I mean, this is at IU and at, at UND. Okay. We always had fun in the locker room. It was always one of those like come game day, like everyone's getting ready but there's music blaring you know what I mean there's just but it's fun it's loose it's but everyone's ready to go you know what I mean and I feel like that you know that that's probably all sports that's you know every locker room but pregame was fun it was it was loose it was it was relaxed it was cool I mean what what artists are you playing in the locker room what what are we hearing you remember any oh my gosh there were a ton of throwbacks you me on the spot I'm trying to remember them yeah I mean it was like you name it honestly um I know you know like Corinne and Katie and all of them and they had they would come up with all of them you know different remixes that were fun just I mean (laughs) you name it honestly okay cool um does every did every player have a walk-up song that played on the PA we did what was yours it was this is funny so it was a there was a um someone brought it to me and I don't remember but it was like a this like remix of I don't know who, but it was just like a beat. Mm. And I just liked it and I took to it. And um, you know, at first everyone was like, You're only doing like you have no work. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was the first time that any of us had done that. And so yeah. um I was like, Yeah, I was like, I think this is more, you know, <laughs> this is more me. And so right. um, but it was just cool. Natalie's just a vibe. That's all she is. When, you know, <laughs> when she steps up to the flight, there's no lyrics, it's just a vibe. <laughs> um you know, thinking about, I've talked with other athletes about the academic responsibilities, and uh, I, I don't know it firsthand, but I know that UND had pretty high standards. Uh, run mm-hmm. me through what a typical day looked like in season from start to finish. So we, there were times that we would, um, you know, come in if we had hitting or something in the morning, um, or if we had a, like, you know, a full week um, where we would just come in as a team, you know, coach had us doing or we would just like roll and stretch in the morning, just something to keep us, you know, loose together, um, make sure we're up and moving. You know, if we had class, you know, there were some days where if we were leaving, we would leave, you know, midday 
wherever right. we were going. But if we were at home, we would go through class and everything, come back, we would practice, we would have weights. We would typically have weights then practice. If we had study tables, we mm. would do that, find somewhere to grab dinner in between, you know, all of that. Right. Um, come back home and do it all again the next day. <laughs> Did you have a tough time ever signing up for classes or finding like professor office hours? Like there are some things that the average student takes, uh, takes for granted because they have that access yeah. to time, you know? Yeah, no, there were definitely times that I was thinking, you know, it's easy to think that too, oh, I've had all this time out of class. Like, am I falling behind? Am I, you know what I mean? But making an effort to make sure you're staying up to date and just communicating is one of the biggest pieces. You know, I know Coach Frost had us initially first day that we were in class, we had to take, you know, our schedule, our softball schedule to all of our professors mm -hmm. um, and let them know up front, like, these are the days we're going to be gone. These are the days, you know, we're playing. And we would always have to go to them you know, first, is there anything and let them know and be proactive. So it put it on us, you know what I mean? Gave us the responsibility of, right. you know, bringing it to their attention because they, I mean, they have other students, they have stuff going on, you know what I mean? So just making sure that we're staying on top of it too, you know, and being responsible for, for, you know, for us. What did you major in again? I forget. Um, so I was community health. So what, I mean, what would be the next step in community health once you graduated from there? Um, yeah, so you can do, I mean, it was a kind of a broad range, which I liked yeah. because I wasn't right. quite sure for a while. I wanted to go into like nutrition. Um, so you can take okay. that further and be like a nutritionist, which is kind of the route that I had in mind. But you could also, you know, work in hospitals, work in different like health facilities, that kind of thing. Cool. I think I knew I always wanted to work somewhere in the health field. But which is funny because it's not necessarily what I'm doing now. You know what I mean? But right. Uh, right. I still have a passion for health and nutrition and fitness. And and so I think that was it was a good fit for me. Well, the reason why I ask is uh, the other athletes that I've talked to, you know, sometimes they'll say, yeah, I started out pre-med and <laughs> I switched it up. Yeah. You know, like depending on what you <laughs> took, it's it's very the, the college experience could turn miserable very quick depending it on could. the subject matter that you have yes yeah I can't even imagine pre-med <laughs> no no that it scared me to death and I was only in the class <laughs> for like two weeks um you know one thing that I'm happy about and the uh NCAA has made a point to uh bring this up in March Madness this year is that uh media coverage for women's events has gone up mm -hmm. um did you feel shortchanged as a woman as a college athlete you know I, I feel like there were a lot of moments that folks may have wanted to see but there just wasn't people mm -hmm. there to cover it yeah I mean I think there were definitely times so um in 2015 we went to the world series at UND right and so amazing experience amazing group of girls loved it you know what I mean but you would just think you know in that aspect you know what I mean? That's the biggest stage when it right. comes to college softball. You know what I mean? So from that aspect and just seeing things how, you know, over time, I think it has really gained traction, but having been to both, you know, D1 college world series and D2, I did obviously not playing in D1, but playing in D2, you know, I had friends in, in D1 and I mean, have you, you, I know you've watched the college world series. Yeah. It's yeah. packed. Mm -hmm. Having been there, you know what I mean? It was packed and just seeing all the people, you know what I mean? That you realize you don't see this unless you're here in person. Right. You well, know what I mean? So I mean, now I think it's, it's starting to really pick up. And for me, 
I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but when you're when you're not playing in front of a crowd and then you have one, I feel like that might impact play. You're not used to yeah. the energy of a crowd impacting what's happening on the field. You know? Absolutely. And the crowd, it does. It just brings a, another level of energy. Right. I feel like, and that's just, and you love it. I feel like as a player, you love that. You know what I mean? That's what right. sport, you know what I mean? Like your team and the, and who you're playing with and the crowd, it's all part of it. Yeah. And um, take me through that experience of going to a college world series. I mean, what, what's the process of getting a berth in that? It's not easy to even get access yeah. to that kind of tournament. The group of girls, I mean, we had amazing groups of girls each year, you know what right. I mean? But that one was definitely, I think, special. But, you know, going through regionals and super regionals and, you know, we had to go to UMSL, so Missouri-St. Louis, and having to, you know, beat them, not once, but we had to beat them twice. And so, you know what I mean? Just coming together in that, and that that was huge. You know what I mean? Right. I think that gives another level of confidence when you, you know, double back and then, you know, you earned your way in there a hundred percent. And so it was, you know, it didn't end the way, obviously we would have wanted it to right. in a national championship. You, of course, that's what you want, but going through that and experiencing it, it's once in a lifetime. I mean, it really is. Yeah. And I'm just curious. I mean, how did the competition compare to, to you, Andy? I mean, when you look at that team in comparison to the rest of the country, where did you guys rank in, in your opinion? I mean, I'll forever say we had the best pitcher. Right. Right. More yeah. than fully, hands down, I would put her up against anyone. That girl went but pro. I think we, yeah, that's what, yeah. I mean, we had um, Hannah Perryman, who was at UMSOL, who we had to play. She went pro as well. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's one of those where you are playing, honestly, with the best. I would have put our team up against with anyone, honestly. That's well, and you brought up Morgan. Uh, I want to get this right. She um, was a multi-time All-American pitcher, all-time leader in most categories for pitching at UND. Uh, and I mm-hmm. want to read this correctly. NCAA record holder in all divisions for strikeouts in a game with 30 Ks mm-hmm. and had uh, 21 strikeouts in a seven inning game. So that kind of gives you a taste of yeah. uh, the kind of pitcher that she was. Um, yes. What's it like to be around a player like that who shows up and performs like that? <laughs> it's, I mean, it raises the bar, you know right. what I mean? But it's, but it's, it brings a, a level of confidence, you know, to the team. When you have a group of girls who perform at that level, who come in with the utmost confidence, not arrogance, not, you know, any of that, but I mean, honestly, maybe a little bit just because, but it's, it's more pride. It's more confidence. It's more of a, I'm going to walk on this field and nobody's going to beat us. You know what I mean? And that's how we looked at it. That was, we had the expectation to win. Right. That's, you know what I mean? If we won, great. We did our job onto the next one. And that's what we're going to keep doing. Yeah. But Morgan always kept it fun. Morgan always had a way of whatever she was doing. She was making somebody laugh. I feel like. So it was one of those where it was a good time. Always. Morgan had a way of, uh, having you enjoy like even if you were being insulted she would make it funny <laughs> you, you <know laughs> what I mean? so was, uh, I had her as a we boss were, at UND TV so yes like there were times you know if we were standing in for her you know while yeah. they were pitching we would just laugh and just you know I would look at her and be like do not hit me do <laughs> not hit me with this and she was like I'll try you know what I mean but it was just I mean it was fun it just kept it light and and enjoyable 
Well, and, and having been around those teams, um, I know mm-hmm. that you guys are all friends with one another. How important is personal chemistry for a softball team to have? Extremely important. Yeah. I think it's important for any team to have, but to know, to have the confidence, you know what I mean, to that they're going to get their job done. They're going to do what they're, they need to do, and I need to do what I'm, I need to do. You know what I mean? I need to perform. I want to perform for them. If they're doing everything right, I want to do everything right too, right? So it kind of raises the level of play when you're with that caliber, you know, of girls, of team, coaches, everything. But it also is an accountability too, right? right. We're friends and I know you can do better. I expect, you know, and that's how we, that's how we treated each other, you know, but it was always, always respectful, always loving. Like there's no one I would have rather played with. So there was never any kind of resentment or uh, even even between male athletes like I, I felt like even between teams, it was a pretty cohesive, you know, easy. There wasn't any kind of animosity between yeah. teams at UND, which which I thought was good, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like everyone was supportive. Like I said, it comes back to kind of that family right. dynamic or that family culture. And I mean, to this day, you know what I mean? We're all still friends. We're all still in contact we go to each other's weddings at this point you know what I mean so it's it's one of those where it's fun speaking of Morgan where she just got married um so it's one of those where um you know we always just wanted the best for for each other and her husband's in uh he was playing Mm -hmm. for the Yankees right uh yes so so another athlete and um, yeah yeah I'm I'm excited can you imagine that both of them pitchers yeah, no, uh, Morgan might might have some another All-American on the way at some point, which <laughs> I hope that works out for. Um, you know, let's let's go toward the end of your career. So mm-hmm. I talked with uh, Aeneas about this in particular. And, uh, you know, what? how much of an adjustment is it for an athlete that's used to playing in season and then mm-hmm. the season being over, you know, having to adjust to life without sports? It, yeah, I mean, it's it is an adjustment. And I feel like you go from that go, 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 a very structured day, a very structured schedule, um, you know, each day to, you know, when, when we were done, like more times than not, you know, the thought pops in your head, like, what am I going to do? What am I supposed to do with my time? Like, I need to find something to do, you know, so still, you know, being involved somehow, you know, getting involved now in coaching and still being involved in like, you know, fitness aspect and, and all of that, you know what I mean? It still comes into play, but you just have to find different ways. I feel like to invest yourself. Yeah. Well, and you know, we've all kind of dealt with trauma uh, the last few mm-hmm. years with, with the pandemic. Um, you know, and I know that you lost your dad during, during mm-hmm. the pandemic as well. Mm-hmm. What do you think he would say about where you are now and how much you've grown as a person? Yeah, it, to my dad, my dad was my best friend, hands down. We were the same person. Um, and he was my hands down, my biggest supporter, right? I would right. say he, I always wanted to, you know, do my best and perform and make him proud and all these things. And, um, you know, and, he, and I know I did, right? Cause he would tell me, you know, it, it, that's just who he was. All my friends loved him. He was amazing. Right. Um, and so, but I think he would just say, keep going right there's never you're gonna there's ups and downs but if you quit that's on you right you have to figure out how to deal with the ups and downs because that is the 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 one constant I feel like in life is that 
nothing is always mm. even keeled. Nothing is always, you know, going to go how you want it to go. And so I just remember he would always say, yeah, you got to figure out a way. You have to figure out a way. There's always a way. You just have to figure it out. And so I feel like that's, you know, he would be proud, but he would just keep saying, you know, you, you got to keep working. Yeah. Well, and you know, I lost my dad in September of 2019 uh, and mm-hmm. the pandemic started in like March of 2020. So, you know, I feel kind of especially so, guilty, yeah, sorry about that. you know, like I got to have a full funeral, full party. Like the, one of the, one of my better days of the last several mm-hmm. years has been my dad's funeral, oddly enough, you know? Um, yeah. But I, I know that his love is behind you and, and he's with you. So what, what's next for you? I know. What are you, what are you doing now? I know that you've talked about like being involved with, uh, nutrition and stuff. What's, what's currently going on with you? Yeah. So, um, I actually work in sales. Um, but I am involved in, so involved in softball, of course, you know, coaching, um, doing all of that, working with all ages. Um, and I love it. If I could be, you know, a full-time coach, I would love to do that. You know what I mean? Um, but just kind of, I just recently kind of got my toes into the coaching world and really like, you know, getting back into it. So, you know, taking it day by day, but I love it. As as long as I can stay involved and, you know, helping and, you know, teaching, and even I'm learning, right? I learn from my girls all the time. So I would love to continue with that. Well, and for anybody that follows you on uh, Instagram, I know that you post a lot of like self-improvement, uh, motivating stuff. What's mm-hmm. a piece of advice or uh, motivation that you can share with the audience to give them some peace to move forward? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I am, I'm really big into, you know, different motivational podcasts. I've really gotten big into podcasts lately. Currently I'm doing 75 hard. So um, it's one of those where it's just, it's a mindset. I feel like everything is a mindset, right? It's, it's, I feel like each individual, right. Your life is, it's how you see it through, you know, which lens do you see it through? You know, do you see it through positivity? Do you see it through perseverance? Do you see it through you know, hard work and consistency and all of these things, or do you see it through negativity? Do you mm-hmm. see it through everything's happening against me? Everything is stacked up against me. You know, all these negative things keep happening. You know, which, which do you want? Because it's all up. To, I feel like it's all up to us, right? Mm-hmm. How we see things, how we approach things and how we handle things, right? Cause you, there's only so many things you can control. You know, coach Frost drove that into us. You control the controllables. And one of those controllables is, is your reaction to things, how you handle things. Um, and so I'm really, you know, I'm big on that, you know, I believe that. And so I think it's all, it's, it's up to us, right. How we live our life. Well, and for folks that want to uh, reach out and follow you on social media, how can they do that? Yeah. And my, just have, um, you know, Instagram, Natalie Lalich, (laughs) if anyone, you know, wants to follow the 75 hard journey, it'll be on there. Awesome. Uh, Folks, to hear this again, you can check out my website, jbkonair.com, or get the podcast by searching JBK On Air. Until next time, have a great day and a better tomorrow.